0: Welcome to the Modern Direct Seller Podcast, where we talk about strategy, training, and systems to help you reach big goals and find success in direct sales. I'm your host, Becky Launder, a San Diego mama, marketing junkie, and sales strategist that has built several six-figure businesses and is on a mission to share the new modern ways to rock your biz. If you're a go-getter direct seller and looking for actionable strategies, you are in the right place. This is for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited you're here with us today. We have an amazing guest here that has years of experience in the direct sales industry. Gaia, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Gaia, you are the CEO and founder of Kalaya. So I want to hear more about your business and your story, your background. How did you come into this position that you're in?
1: Well um that'll be a long story but I'll keep it short uh, I'm originally from Sri Lanka Came here back in 2004 with two suitcases, love of my life, and just full of dreams, right? The American dream. And here we are all these years later, uh, call Utah home with our daughter, who's eight, as well as uh, a yellow lab, who's nine. Um, The American dream.
0: I I know, (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) And as far well as the direct sales space goes, it wasn't intentional. It just, out of college, uh, I happened to um, get an internship at one of the companies here in the Valley. In okay. um, really loved the energy of the space, what it stands for, how it helped people from all walks of life, uh, just everything about it. I just fell in love with that and uh, was determined to find my next job and full-time job in the industry and uh, just happened to stay here. so that that, that's just how my career evolved so it was uh, somewhat accidental and uh, then it became more intentional saying that I want to be in this space as I work uh, through uh, the industry with Several different companies, some were smaller startup um, in the growth stage to multi-billion dollar companies who has a global presence. I held many different positions starting from operations to um doing to spend a lot of my time actually um with international expansion so bringing u s based companies across the world work with five different continents uh, launching and managing markets doing through all that i don't know when it really hit me but um there was a time it started nagging at me that I want to do something on my own and uh, start my own company. And I've been talking about for a while actually. And finally one day my husband said, if you keep asking yourself and wanting to do this, you you should just give it a try. This is the time to do it, take the risk. And um, so that way, you know, if it works or not. And that's all he had to say I'm the risk taker in the family I was like okay I'm quitting my job
0: <laughs> just like <laughs> so, that I'm in. <laughs> yeah
1: I mean I didn't have much of a plan or anything and I left my uh, last position that I uh, held uh, back in 2017 okay. saying okay I'm gonna just figure this out so here we are
0: Today, oh my goodness, (laughs) what a journey! Okay, so tell us a little bit about Kalaya. Tell us about your products and the vision for the business, and and um, how you got to be where you are now.
1: Yeah. So, when I said I wanted to start a, a direct sales company, I didn't have a specific product in mind, but but I had this clean fresh canvas to just do whatever I wanted and that was also the time that I was going through some personal struggles with my skin and uh, you know after having kids and getting a little older um, I struggled quite a bit with my skin and I couldn't find a good solution that worked for me so it was na it was natural for me to look at skincare as one of our top um options for product. And also growing up in Sri Lanka, there were a lot of these natural ingredients that I grew up with that were great for your skin, Um, didn't really quite understand or appreciate back in the day uh, what those ingredients could do for your health and wellness. But then when I Decided I wanted to start uh, my own company and own products. Uh, I went back to those roots and uh, decided to bring some of those ingredients into our, you know, uh, into our products to create our skincare line. So Kalaya offers a very clean, simple, effective skincare line. Uh, The simplicity is where we set ourselves apart because If you look at every single brand out there, skincare brand, they offer so many different products, so many different regimens. It's complex. It's time-consuming. It's overwhelming for many of us um, to figure out what works for us. And Also, the other issue that I had as a consumer was... I didn't have just one skin concern. I was struggling with acne. I was struggling with acne scars and skin discoloration. And also, as I was getting older, I saw started seeing some signs of aging. I wanted a simple regimen that addressed all of those skin concerns, but I never found that because they have the acne line, the anti-aging line, the brightening line. I never could figure out how to work it all together or it was way too much. So uh, we offer that simplicity. We offer a simple four-step regimen that address all of those Common skin concerns that we have, and made with all these natural superfood ingredients, and the efficacy, the results uh, speaks for itself. In if you look at some of the testimonials and before and after, so I think we were able to really figure out how to simplify our skincare regimen through our products.
0: I love it, and. Um, I I love simplifying pretty much everything. So <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm like, why do we need a 14 step <laughs> process here? Let's let's bring that down to four. I love that. And so, okay, so you have this amazing skincare line, and you also have a give back program, which is a big part of your mission and your vision, and and part of the company that you've created. So tell us more about that too.
1: Yeah. So it was something I always wanted to do when I when we were considering to start Kalaya, um, having a give-back program. But um, but I didn't quite have it figured out where I wanted to give back, how I wanted, to, wanted that money spend. And during my um, the process of starting Kalaya, the funding process, I realized how hard it is for women... Uh, female entrepreneurs women-owned businesses to get funding um they're always discriminated against um, uh, compared to the men in the same space so i wanted to create a program where we support female entrepreneurs women-owned businesses so we have one percent of every sale go towards a microloan program where we fund female-owned businesses around the world. We have given out 56 or 57 loans so far uh, across 26 countries around wow. the world. And because it's a microloan program, the money gets paid back and we get reinvested that over and over and over again. So over time, we get to make them make a much larger impact in women that are, who are doing uh, incredible things, who are creative, who are very talented, but um, don't have the financial resources uh, through the regular uh, channels like banks or investors.
0: I love that. Love that so much. I mean, being able to create a product that creates an impact among your consumers... But then also that ripple effect of being able to give back and connect with people, I mean, internationally, which is huge as well. So love that that's part of your mission and that you know, as the owner of the company, that you can make those decisions and you can choose how that money is going to be reinvested back into the economy and supporting women in entrepreneurship is just incredible. It speaks to my heart in so many ways. And, you know, I know that we've had some side conversations just around the pivots that business has taken. And, you know, whether you're running a super huge business or a small business or you're a direct seller, we're all very familiar with pivots (laughs) and (laughs) having to change and adapt and, you know, kind of change your business strategy. I always think, you know, wouldn't it be great if growth was linear (laughs) and (laughs) it was just onward and upward, but that's the reality is there's shifts that happen. So I'd love to hear just in your years of experience and especially Now, on this entrepreneurial journey that you're on, what are some of those pivots that you've had to make and how did you go about doing that? I think change is constant,
1: right? And um, on a daily basis, I feel like that's happening. But uh, I'll talk about two instances where it's taken major, we have taken major pivots in on this journey. Um, One was before even we launched, I had at the beginning when I figured out what products I'm launching with and the comp plan and a lot of these things and the next big step was to raise funding. Um so I had this 40-page business plan and everything detailed out, right? Going through funding process and um, several people who were really uh, seriously interested in the concept and the product in investing. Um, But then I got asked uh, by one of the investors how I plan to um, build my business while being a mom to a five-year-old. And that was a very pivotal moment in um, in my journey because I just couldn't believe that I got asked that. And yes. that was one of the biggest reasons why Kiss was uh, created the way it was. But that, that's when I decided I can't get funding from somebody. I have to figure it out on my own. So I scrapped my entire plan most of it I at least <laughs> and said I'm going to fund it myself but I didn't have that kind of money lying around so I had to figure out how do I how to bootstrap it mm-hmm. with the funding that I had so that was a big pivotal moment um early on yeah. but then the second came along um during COVID, and, um, I, As an industry, direct sales changed quite a bit um, during COVID, uh, especially if your main base was in the US. We all saw that a dip in volume and. And the challenges that came with a lot of free money flowing around in uh, less activity in the field. So we had to, we had to make some um, really hard decisions and pivot our business model, um, where we, um, we introduced a uh, uh, new affiliate program and went away with the complexities of our comp plan and everything else and uh, very simplified aff- affiliate program um, we completely switched our technology platforms completely switched our marketing so it was almost like starting over at the beginning of this year yeah. um, so that was about a six over six month process that we went through to get there, but it was necessary. Uh, it was hard <laughs> and um, a lot of sleepless nights. But but I think that not just in direct sales, I think any business, any business owner is going to go through those pivots, and we have to embrace it. We have to make the best out of it in order to survive. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting. I feel like a lot of times being on. The flip side, like maybe you're a direct seller listening to this episode right now and you're thinking, yeah, like my company makes changes all the time. And I'm like, what why are they doing that? Or what, like, what's happening behind the scenes? And I <laughs> I love that you said that there were many sleepless nights in there <laughs> because I know that, you know, when you're making big decisions that impact others within your company that you're thinking about what that impact looks like and how to make it a seamless transition and how to pivot and really have the best interests of the company, but also your affiliates or your direct sellers and and everyone else in mind. And no matter if your business is giant or super small, those pivots happen on a day-to-day basis. So what are your best tips or advice to kind of navigate those? Because it can be hard. It can be really hard some days. It is hard. And um, one of the biggest things
1: is um, open and honest communication and that transparency. That was one of the things. I mean, any anyone and everyone that who has that we pivoted, the first question that they have asked me is even yesterday I had a conversation with somebody there who asked me, how did you feel, take it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I really didn't lose people over our uh, change. And because I worked with them, I was very transparent with them. I didn't make all the decisions and come and say, it's changing tomorrow. It was... About six months of conversations and figuring out with them, did they like it? No, some aspects of it they didn't. But at the same, because none of us like change, none of us like to feel like uh, something is taken away from us, right? But at the same time, they understood it had to happen to save the brand, save the company, and that's going to be the future. So so the communication is so important, especially in the direct sales space. If you were just retail, that might be a little different. Um, but in the direct sales space, it's a partnership. Everybody's invested. It's as much as my brand, it's their brand as well. They worked so hard to build and get to where we were. So uh, so that was one of the biggest things because yeah, if you have that communication and the relationship um, and the transparency, you can figure it out because there were instances that we came across where technology didn't work the way we thought it would and I could go back to them and say okay help me figure out the solution that works for both of us and and they were willing and they were supportive through that all so I think that's the biggest advice that I could give anybody that who's going through the pivot it makes it easier um more tolerable to do it together
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that that speaks volumes to i mean you as a leader leading this company and working with your sales field through changes and keeping keeping that transparency and that communication lines open but i think even if you're a leader within a direct sales organization that's listening to this right now I think it, it comes from the top down, right? So even 100%. if you're a leader and you're finding out about changes at the company level, being able to communicate that to your team effectively and hear them out and work with them on solutions. And then the same goes if you're a direct seller or an affiliate and you're working with customers and things are happening or changing. Being able to share that with your customers, I think, is is huge as well. So it really does trickle down, and I just think that's such great advice around around the communication and kind of keeping the door open.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It just you have to look at it as a partnership in um, work with your teams in and- um, and I know, like, even some of the top leaders, right? Like you said, it, they are seeing the same effects as companies are seeing, right? And same challenges. Um, and they're probably seeing some supply chain challenges and um, out of stocks and all those things that we all had to live through, right? Um, and we're still not 100% out of it. And it's just how do you navigate that? How do you react and um, respond to those situations? Um, um, really create the culture of your organization, your team, um, the expectations you set. Everything comes down to that communication and transparency. I think.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And 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 there are a lot of changes happening right now <laughs> in this industry. We we chatted about that a little bit before we pushed to record today. Um, so what are you seeing? You've been in this industry for over a decade your your own business has pivoted a little bit in business model but you're still very much ingrained in the direct sales industry so what are you seeing here we are you know rolling into the fall 2022 here what what kind of changes are you seeing you know if you're a direct seller out there listening right now what advice do you have around navigating some of those changes or trends that that might be coming up in the next 6 months or a year
1: yeah i think i think we we Came from the time that we we love home parties, the in person events, like we talked about just before we uh, started, um, one on one meetings, right? That it's a relationship business, right? So it worked so well. Those things worked so well. But last few years, because of the pandemic, we were so apart and we we got so comfortable with the technology and the social media piece of it, right? And I think, as an industry, we will have to find that middle ground. I don't think we'll ever go back to what it used to be. Um, and and I don't think where we are on the other extreme, that where we expect we post about something and we'll... Just everything will explode. Tomorrow we'll get thousand orders. Just doesn't happen that way either because it's become a, such a crowded space. So how do you find that middle ground? And how do you build those quality relationships, whether it's in person or through online, right? And there are people who are doing it very successfully, build those relationships virtually. And I think that's where we are heading in finding that middle ground. We've stretched the band so much so it won't come back to what it was. I, I don't believe that will happen. And doing it effectively at the end of the day, it's still a relationship business and I wholeheartedly believe that. And um, forget about drug sales. If you look at even just influencers right influencer marketing it's still a relationship business and if you are an influencer just post about something new every single day and you don't have that relationship with your audience they're not selling anything they're not moving anything um so it's finding that and i think as companies we will have to figure out ways to accommodate that shift. And the sooner we do that, the sooner we will win. And that balance between affiliate marketing and giving some of the team builders uh, the opportunity to go after that bigger income, right? But at the same time, I've always believed this, the bread and butter of drug sales is the person who's making few hundred dollars a month. And that's the foundation. And if without them, nothing else matters, right? The companies won't exist. The top leaders who are making six, seven-figure income doesn't exist without that foundation. So um, how do we just we'll have to figure out how do we get those people back into activity and what that activity looks like it may not look like a home party anymore right and oh it might look like some sort of hybrid but how do we get them to do that and how do we get them excited and engaged uh, in a business but I also believe those people that were making just a few hundred dollars and doing a little bit of activity the days of them being very loyal to one company. May not exist anymore, and we'll have to. We used to say right, oh, people bleed purple, right? <laughs> we used to right back in the day. I remember, like in the early days of my career, that's how they yes. used to describe right. Like you don't talk about anybody, any other product. Uh, those days are gone, yeah. and we have to admit that. In if people love genuinely love and use products from other companies they will be sharing it and we have to acknowledge that and be okay with it in create an environment that welcomes that but how do you do that without the conflict right it's it's not as easy as me saying it um there's a lot of complexities that goes with it but i think um me and my husband we always talk about like it can be a prison uh, that That's, a, you know, it really just the, those days are gone and um, we have to embrace it and accommodate it. And I think we'll start seeing people be more involved in this, um, in our industry and uh, be involved with the companies in the industry and help us grow as an industry. Yeah. Because we have great products. There are a lot of great companies in this industry. And I think it's that sharing part needs to happen in that lower levels
0: right right and i think what you said around kind of building that no like trust factor in the online space so you're still focusing on building relationships and it's more than just posting a link here or there right it's so yeah. meaningful and and you're right like it's not necessarily the top earners in the company that we're talking about. It's it's all of those in the middle that mm-hmm. are just looking to make a couple extra $100 a month. Yeah. And that really adds up at the corporate level and at the leadership level, of course, as well. But how do you equip them with the tools to meet their customers where they're at? And also still emphasize that importance around relationship marketing. So it's more than just a link dropping strategy. Mm-hmm. So I do think it is meeting people back in the middle. And so they have that hybrid of relationship building, but also leveraging a digital marketing strategy because we've seen the power of being able to connect with people online. Yeah, exactly. And uh,
1: um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see how companies navigate that and what are the different strategies that they incorporate. But but also, the other thing is... um, those people that who are making a few hundred dollars a month, sometimes what's most important to them is not money. Yeah, it yeah. is not. And they're not, they, they might be doing enough activity to make a few hundred dollars extra, yeah. but that's not the primary. Focus or the driver for their activities. It is not. It's the community. It is the fun. It is the swag. It is being part of the team. The vibe in the motivation. It's a lot of intangible things. Not so much the money. And yes, they love the money. They they use it and all that. But I have met more people who are in it for other reasons than money at that level. Mm -hmm. So uh, because it's not, you're not changing your lifestyle at that income level, right? Yes. It's a little bit of extra money to help with maybe the groceries or the kids expenses or the pocket money, the fund money, whatever that might be, but it's not that life changing income. And that's the majority of our direct sellers. Um, But they are in it for so much more than the money and so the companies need to figure out how do you how do you attract them right instead of mandating um certain things and you can only be part of our company or you know, this and that how do you really attract them so they don't want to leave you they want to keep sharing and they love doing that so i think it goes both ways um i really do
0: Absolutely. And and, and I, I think that that really speaks to the messaging that people are putting out there on social media or in their, in their digital marketing too, right? So it's not... The number one driver is not earn more money, more money, more money, more money. But w- yeah, what are all those intangibles that this business brings you? And how can you work that into your marketing strategy and your messaging, whether at the company level or even at the leadership level, if you're a builder and you're recruiting and you're building a team to really bring in those people to get them excited and motivated and wanting to do the activity that, of course, is going to generate sales for them. But you're right. It's not a giant lifestyle change at that level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So So good.
0: It so would be good. interesting to me. watch this phase
1: <laughs> over oh, the next few years. I'm
0: feeling it. I'm feeling like there's there's a lot of good things coming over the next year or two, you know? And I, I think it yeah. is it's settling into kind of what this new normal is. Like we've said that for years now, but what is the new normal? It's definitely not what we were pre-COVID and... I, dare I say we're post-COVID now? I don't. I don't even know anymore. But yeah, how, how do we how do we adapt and pivot? Like we talked about, and be willing to roll with those changes and put ourselves out there to really create the best opportunities for our companies and for our teams and for for our own businesses too. So, oh, I I love this conversation. I know we could probably have a whole lot more to say on it, Gaia. But I want to make sure that our listeners get all the information about Kalaya and where we can find you and where we can learn more
1: yeah so if you're interested in trying our products or checking out um what we offer our website is uh and in all of our social media platforms are Kalaya products so you can follow us on instagram facebook or any other platform um in uh, If you are interested in actually trying the product, you could use the modern direct seller as a coupon code to get 20% off on your first order.
0: And we also offer
1: a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if it doesn't work out, it's as simple as reaching out to us to get a full refund.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. I know you're our welcome. listeners will appreciate that. And we're excited to check out everything you're doing, follow your journey. And I'm sure we have more pivots and changes coming in our future. So we'll just, we'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And um,
1: yeah, it'll be really good. I think it'll be good few years coming uh, for our industry and coming out of the depth and yep. um, I think good days are ahead of us. If you're willing so to, too. yeah, mm-hmm. if you're willing to make some changes and kind of learn and adapt, right? So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Gaia, for sharing your expertise on the industry, sharing more about the brand that you're building. Uh, I've loved our conversation, and I can't wait to just continue to follow your journey and everything that you're up to. Thank you. Thank you for
1: having me. And I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely.
0: Take care. Um, Bye. This episode of the Modern Direct Seller podcast is sponsored by our sister company, DirectFlow. DirectFlow provides the number one training platform for direct sales companies. It comes preloaded with the Modern Direct Seller curriculum. Learn more about how we can support your direct sales company at directflow.com. That's D-I-R-E-C-T-F-L-O dot com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Modern Direct Seller Podcast. For more sales tips, strategy, and systems for your direct sales business, visit your one-stop shop, moderndirectseller.com. Until next time, get out there and go rock your biz.